Greetings and welcome to the Marriage Chronicles. The next segment you are about to hear is unedited and raw. Um, it's just something that I was kind of collecting as a free thought on here with the possibility of publishing it, but afterwards I decided to go ahead and publish it. Um, I kind of like the rawness of it, so I hope you all can gain some understanding of where my mind is or where it was at because I recorded this earlier in the week. But now I'm going to go ahead and just publish it and release it. And I hope you all enjoy it. Uh, And without further ado, here we go. Good afternoon and welcome to the Marriage Chronicles, Season 1, Episode 14. Today, what I am coming to you all with is basically kind of breaking down to you what a vow is and how serious marriage is marriage is very serious and i'm not sure if you are a believer in christ in the bible in god and you are said to be one who keeps his commandments and 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 things like that his covenants and things like that then you will understand that a vow is something that is very serious therefore making marriage serious so before you go making vows and before you go and get married you need to understand first what vows are and what covenants are okay so let's start at what a vow is so the dictionary defines a vow as a solemn promise that's the noun of it. Okay, if you go into verb, it's solemnly promise to do a specified thing. Or if you want to go into the archaic, you'd say uh, dedicate to someone or something, especially a deity. Okay, so let's look into, <clears throat> let's go a step further and let's look into because vow, another word for vow is covenant. Okay. So let's break down what that is. And and where I found this information is it says Atika School. That's A-T-I-K-A School. And this is what I'm seeing. Meaning of the term covenant. It says it is an agreement between two or more parties by which they exchange and accept obligations to one another. It is a serious or solemn agreement between two persons or groups of people. Other words used are testament, pact, or treaty. It brings together two or more parties that have been separate before. Okay, so if you want to look at the conditional covenant, it's usually an agreement or a covenant between two or more parties, which in fact are equal. And what we mean by equal is it's two people. Okay, so... um. So you are on the same level. It's not an angel and a person. It's two people. The unconditional covenant is a covenant between two unequal parties. For example, between God and his people. All right. So let's get that, get that, you know, straight. So the conditional covenant is usually what you come into when you stand at the altar and you become married. It is an an agreement or a covenant between two or more parties, which in fact are equal, okay? So 
if we want to look at the elements of of a covenant it's two or more parties it's 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 when two or more parties are involved those involved commit themselves to a binding agreement those parties uh involves uh i mean and it usually involves promises or oaths it usually has some physical sign or symbol which is usually like a ring it involves a witness or witnesses it is usually sealed a ceremony or a ritual is performed to enforce it which is usually the wedding and it has serious negative consequences experienced by those who break it and benefits for those who keep it interesting huh so i know that there that there are people who will argue and say that it's okay to get a divorce i've heard so many people say um there are conditions people say i heard someone say three there are three a's that 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 it's okay to get in a, a, a divorce which show me that in the bible but i'm not saying it's not there but show it to me um abuse addiction and what they say abuse addiction and adultery those are the three that i heard someone say abuse addiction and adultery okay right those are things that that i heard someone say that those are grounds for a divorce i don't see that i don't condone abuse i don't condone addiction i don't condone any three of these things adultery i don't condone any of these but the conflict that i am facing is that i am not seeing in the bible where it says to do these things even in the scripture that people get confused and say that there is an out it usually says except fornication fornication is something that is done before marriage or outside of a marriage it is not something so it's basically saying if if you married this person thinking that they were a virgin and there was proof showing that they were not they had fornicated prior to being married to you so that's what that says there now I believe there are cases where you might need to be away from a person for a cer certain amount of period of time to let that person get together if it's a dangerous situation whatever whatever but what I need people to understand is the Word of God says that Christ hates that not even that god hates putting away which in other words now if you want to look at it nowadays is divorce he hates divorce right now there are other things that people see in the bible and that god says he hates and they try to stay away from those things but when it comes down to marriage for some reason and divorce for some reason people will find an excuse to get out of a marriage and say in this case divorce is acceptable right divorce is something that yeah you know whatever whatever but I'm finding an issue with that that is the reason why you are supposed to take 
marriage and vows very seriously. That's the reason why it's good to know a person when you're coming into this. And even no matter how much you feel like you know a person, that does not mean that they will never uh, give you a reason to make you want to not deal with them anymore. That does not mean that you can foresee that they're not going to do this to you because things change people. Time, time changes people. So, but I need, it's like I'm having a hard time with this whole divorce thing that people are so, like, I, I think if divorce was taken off the table, less people would get married resulting in less divorces um or they would get married but they would get married when they absolutely believed without a shadow of a doubt that this was who they were wanting to be with and going to be with forever now i have some people who look and say well that's the counterfeit you got the counterfeit or you know and i'm just speaking in general not people talking to me in my situation but just in general i hear people talk about the counterfeit but to my understanding, in the Bible, it, it says that a man who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. That's what it says. A man that finds a wife. It does not say God who finds a wife for you. It says a man that finds a wife. It is a man's responsibility to find his wife. Women, that is not your responsibility to go out looking for a husband. That's where we mess up. You're not to look. He is supposed to find you. Now you can accept or deny. You can be like, no. Just because he believes that you're his wife, that doesn't mean that you have to do that. We have to take our responsibility in the fact that we are making vows. We are saying things and we're not meaning it. People are not meaning these things that they are saying. God would rather you not make a vow at all. God would rather you just be quiet and not even go into a covenant or a vow or say something if you're not going to keep keep it. If you're not going to stay with it, it's better for you to just, just not say it at all. Not go into a marriage at all. It's better to do that than to marry with the understanding of, well, if this don't work out or if I don't like you like that, I can always divorce you and start over again. We have to take this serious, folks. And that brings me to my situation. I've had so many people tell me to just let it go, just get over it, whatever, whatever. And that, oh, he gave you an out, the unbelieving spouse walked away. But then even in that, I find, I find it that hard to just accept. And the reason is, is because that was Paul talking to a church who was asking him basically for advice. In that scripture, he says, this is what I say, not God. If you go into 1 Corinthians, read 1 Corinthians and you'll see what I'm saying, where it says, this is what I say, not God. Not God. Now, I, I found that, and now I know that every scripture is used for... Um, or a sound doctrine or you know something that can help people every every scripture is the inspired word of God it's inspired by God 
but I myself and people look at me as though I'm doing too much, I'm being overdramatic, whatever, whatever. And looking at me like that as if I'm just being so dramatic when it comes down to the word. And whatever, that's your prerogative. The same as it is my prerogative to hold on to God's word and what he says. And what he says that he hates, staying away from that. And what he says to do, doing that, trying my hardest. Am I, am I perfect? Am I always right in that? No. Do I always get it right? No. Am I saying that if you have, 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 have had a divorce that God won't forgive you? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that for me, I'm trying my hardest in everything, in every situation, in every circumstance of this whole marriage that I am in now to not end in divorce. It has never been my desire. And God said, if I delight myself in him, he will give me the desires of my heart. I am believing God for the reconciliation of my marriage, regardless of what who believes is right or wrong. I pray according to the word of God. I use nothing but scripture when I go to God and pray about my husband. I didn't at first, but I'm seeing there's a certain peace that has come since I have begun to pray according to the word of God. Like when I pray, I'm going to give an example. Like I say, um, and it's a long prayer that I have written out according to the word, everything marriage I have found and I have put in this prayer. But for example, it's like, Lord, I pray that my husband loves me as Christ loves the church and gave himself for it. Or I pray that my husband is satisfied with my breast or with you get what i'm saying like there are certain things in the bible there are certain words in the bible and i pray according to that now god's word is true right and god is not a man that he should be, he should lie neither the son of man that he should repent so therefore anything that is in his word is true so if I pray according to his word, that is praying according to his will, because his will is, is, is revealed within the word of God. So that is what I, I, I don't, I've just taken a, 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 a little silent, you know, journey. I've gone on a silent journey here lately. Um, because just all the different advice that was going against the word of God was making me feel like I was literally having a psychotic break. Literally having a psychotic break. I choose to do it this way. I choose to do it God's way. And whoever has a problem with that, whoever sees that as an issue, whoever sees that as something that I am being overly dramatic on and that I do not need to do or have to do, I cannot continue to listen to you. Cannot. Cannot. I am just at a point right now where I do feel like Noah. Noah was told to build this boat 
And everybody was looking at him crazy. And if you really look at how big that boat was, and if you really look at the fact that they didn't have the tools that they have today, if you really look at all of that, all of that, and see that this man had to be building this ark, this boat, boat for years and years and years. And I'm sure there are people who came across and looked at him and said, oh, that's just Noah. That's just crazy Noah. Don't don't pay Noah any mind. Nathaniel, I am recording and you're you're coming in here with noise. Go. But I am sure there are people who looked at Noah as if he was a lunatic, a raging lunatic. And though he was being overly dramatic, he was doing too much. To that I say, who turned out to be the fool in that case? Who turned out to be wrong in that case? I guarantee you the one that was following what God said, regardless of how crazy he looked, was the one that won in the end. Anything that you're facing, anything that you feel that God has called you to do, I need you to stand fast and do that thing. Do that thing. Don't pay attention to what others are saying. Please keep what God has told you to do to yourself unless he has told you to reveal it to someone else. Do it exactly how he said do it. Do it according to his word. That is how you will win. That is how you will be successful in what you are doing. You believe God. Trust in God, not man. Trust in God, not man. And keep your word, because you will be held accountable for what you say and don't do. Thanks for listening. Instagram? Follow me at the Marriage Chronicles underscore for updates on when new episodes are available and much more. See you there.